Blog Talk Radio. It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned into quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Good evening to you, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana Thornton, and I am excited and honored that you've opted to join us this Tuesday night, February the 21st, 2017. Welcome to a brand new week and a new Tuesday. I trust you're having a great day so far. If not, we have a few more hours, and perhaps tomorrow will be better. Now, as you know, 2017 is here, and well underway. I love the month of February because it's one phenomenal month. We celebrate Black History Month and so much more. And tonight we are putting the spotlight on Black History Month with a leading historian. Stay with us for the entire month of February because we will continue to offer more unique and original programming aimed to keep you informed. Remember, we offer balanced news talk. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton has a phenomenal year planned for you, okay? And believe it or not, it's February. We are quickly approaching March, and we are just getting started. So remember, quality and professional news talk here on LTA Radio. Now, speaking of LTA Radio, that is our hashtag, right? So if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, use the hashtag LTA Radio. LTA Radio, all caps or lowercase. It does not matter. But when you use our hashtag, others will know that you are tuned in. Perhaps you're live right now listening to my voice or you're listening to a replay podcast, okay, on iTunes or perhaps SoundCloud so others know you are still tuned in because this again of course is your national award-winning family news talk show that offers news for every single member of the generation regardless of their interest right because after all news is something we all should want to keep ahead of to know what's going on in our society now we've had the amazing opportunity to be on air for the past three years and there we presented exclusive interviews on so many topics okay including health law politics education, business, finance, music, pop culture, and more. And we will continue along this platform for 2017. Hey, have you checked out our brand newly designed website? Well, it's easy to remember and easy to navigate. Simply visit LTARadio.com. Again, visit www.LTARadio.com. And there you can find out more information on upcoming show segments, guests, or myself on air host and our production team. Stay with us. Well, it is Tuesday night, and we're ready to put the spotlight on the trending issues of the day. So let's get ready. Now, as mentioned at the top of the show, February is Black History Month. Have you ever questioned why America celebrates Black History Month? 
how did the recognition even come about? And is it necessary to continue to celebrate in 2017? Well, these questions will be addressed tonight head-on with leading historian and college professor Dr. White. She joins us for an exclusive interview about the importance of honoring the journey of African Americans. This interview is very timely and pleased to encourage your youth to listen in. Lastly, Captain James Lavelle Dickens joins us tonight to discuss specific health concerns of African Americans. Do you know that African Americans have some of the highest hypertension rates in the world? What can be done to resolve this very serious health concern? Stay with us to find out. We aim to keep you informed here on LTA Radio. Each and every week, we continue to present segments that offer news, talk, and music. And tonight, the phenomenal music of Davina Williams will air. Stay with us. Of course, our signature in the news will air in mere seconds. And that's where we highlight the trending news of the day. It's been a busy one. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is broadcasting now. Message all of your family, friends, even your next-door neighbor, and let them know that we are set to deliver news, talk, and music. And the highlight conversation tonight is Black History Month. Stay with us. This is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shayna Thornton. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Read with us. Avant-Garde Books is a new, independent, online bookseller that offers a wide variety of literature for readers of all ages. We sell new and used books for great prices. Tired of huge shipping costs? Customers save money with us because shipping is absolutely free no matter where you are in the world. And with our Customer Rewards Program, you can earn free books throughout the year. Ready to read? Go to A-B-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E books.net to save you time and money. Again, that's A-B-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E books.net. Read, be enlightened, be transformed with avantgardebooks.net. Welcome back, everyone. I would certainly like to acknowledge and thank our national advertisers and partners. Your support is priceless. Now, if you're with an organization for profit or nonprofit and you're looking for innovative ways to partner with an award-winning popular radio talk show, please shoot us an email here at Let's Talk America Radio Show. The quickest way to do that is send a message to admin at ltaradio.com. Again, send us a quick message at admin at ltaradio.com. LTARadio.com. Okay. Well, I also would like to thank our weekly and dedicated listeners. Your support means everything. Not only do you tune in live Tuesday night, but if you miss it, you also go back and listen to the replay podcast at your convenience. And of course, you can catch our podcast out there on iTunes. You can also go to SoundCloud or tune in or Blog Talk Radio. Okay. So thank you for sticking with us, listening to the replay podcast, and especially telling family, friends, colleagues, and even your next your neighbor in your apartment complex about our show. Continue to do that. We are continuing to grow, and we appreciate all that you do. 
Well, everyone, if it's your first time listening to the program, you should know that it's now time for our signature segment titled In the News. And this is where we share the trending news of the hour. And it's been a busy one. Now, friendly reminder, Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton Radio has collaborated with the one and only SCB-TV Channel 182 out of Georgia on the Charter Cable Network. There we present the televised edition of In the News. The quickest way to see that footage is visit LTARadio.com, LTARadio.com, and click on the Vimeo link, and there you can stream our footage. Thank you for all of the support. All right, let's kick off In the News for February the 21st, 2017. In the news, Trump administration. President Donald Trump held a campaign rally over the weekend in Melbourne, Florida, and addressed his energized supporters. Now, in his presentation, he again criticized the media, which resulted in some rally attendees to boo the press members in attendance. He also told the audience that the White House was running smoothly. During his speech, he referenced a situation that took place in Sweden, which left some puzzled, including the Swedish government. The Swedish embassy in Washington reached out Sunday to the State Department to find out what the president actually meant. From a recent tweet put out by President Trump over the weekend, it now appears that the president's comments about Sweden were inspired by a Fox News segment, which mentioned a link between immigration and crime in Sweden, not a specific terror act. In another and separate tweet, President Trump called the media the enemy of the American people. In more political news, Arizona Senator John McCain told Meet the Press on Sunday that if you want to preserve democracy as we know it, you have to have a free and many times adversarial press. And without it, I'm afraid that we would lose so much of our individual liberties over time. That's how dictators get started. The Republican senator has been openly critical of some of the actions taken by the Trump administration. In the news, deadly attack in Somalia. We now know that at least 30 people were killed in a car bomb blast at a market this past Sunday in Mogadishu, Somalia. More than 50 people were injured. Some are in critical condition. Those injured were mostly traders and customers conducting business in the market at the time of the deadly bombing. No group has claimed responsibility for the blast at this point in time. And lastly, in the news, bad traffic results revealed. It may be no surprise to those who live there, but Los Angeles has been recognized as the city with the worst traffic in the entire world among the 1,064 cities studied by Transportation Analytics Firm. Now, according to this new study, the average driver spent 104 hours sitting in gridlock during the busiest commuting times in 2016. Now, New York City, San Francisco, and Atlanta followed Los Angeles among the U.S. cities with the worst traffic. Now, some of the most congested cities topping the list are taking steps to get traffic moving by updating transit infrastructure. Structures. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, do you live in Atlanta? Are you in L.A.? Are you in New York City? Is the traffic as bad as this report claims? Let us know your thoughts. Join Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton on Twitter. You can tweet us right now or later. Our handle on Twitter is S-S-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. Our handle on Twitter is S-S-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. Let us know what your thoughts are about any of the trending news featured in our signature in the news for tonight. We're not just on Twitter, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, you name it, we're there. But if you're a news junkie or you simply want to stay informed, join Let's Talk America Radio on Twitter because we tweet breaking news stories 24 hours a day. We stay on the clock for you, okay? Well, in just a mere seconds, I am joined by a leading historian who wants to break down exactly why we celebrate Black History Month. And she also is going to address why it continues to be necessary from her perspective in 2017. You're listening to the 
award-winning radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shayna Thornton, where we offer balanced news talk for every single member of your family. This is award-winning medical correspondent, Dr. Bob Ardott, and you're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. Welcome back, everyone. It is now time for our Inspirational Corner, and this is where we share some pretty motivational statements to help you get through the week. And tonight, the quote is from Lewis Meads, who once said, Forgiving does not erase the bitter past. A healed memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. We change the memory of our past into the hope of our future. Again, tonight's quote says, Forgiving does not ease the bitter past. A healed memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. We change the memory of our past until we hope for our future. And what a powerful statement that I will let sit right there and speak for itself. But if you're in a place right now in your life where you are battling with forgiveness, if you are dealing with some tension, some anger, even perhaps some rage, give yourself a break right now and work on forgiving and work on making peace. Because after all, making peace, forgiving is really mostly for your peace of mind than for anyone else. Okay, so think about that, ponder on that, get there the best way you can. And, of course, if you need any sort of professional help, it's always out there in your community. So best wishes with making this life one that's phenomenal and one that's of peace and success and productivity. Well, everyone, in mere seconds, literally seconds, I'm so honored to be joined by a leading historian who is going to put the spotlight on Black History Month right now. So very informative, very educational segment. Please message, text, uh, inbox all of your family, friends, especially those with young people, the youth, because they need to hear this very critical segment. And you're probably guaranteed to learn something, too. I know I will. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. The one and only historian Dr. White will be on in seconds. Stay with us. This is Atlanta-based gospel singer Davina Williams. You can find me at www.davinawilliams.wix.com slash gospel singer. And you are listening to Let's Talk America with host Shane Thornton. Welcome back, listeners, to your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Now, you know here on the program, each and every week, we put the spotlight on those topics that concern you, global issues, and it is February, and for many around the world, it is Black History Month, and I am no expert on history, although I am a huge fan of history. Right now, I'm so excited to have a friend of this program back on. She's the one and only Professor Dr. Tara White. She's a faculty member at Wallace Community College in Salem, Alabama. And her research areas include public history, Southern history, and African-American women's history. She's also a professional, has professional experience in museums, historic sites, and archives. And she is just an expert on so many uh, areas out there. Dr. White, welcome back to Let's Talk America program. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, it's such an honor to have you on now. History, it's one of my favorite topics, my favorite subject out there. It is February, as I noted at the top of the segment. Now, there are people saying, well, it's 2017, Dr. White, okay? Uh, We've had the first African-American president in the United States. Why is it still important to celebrate black history in this modern era? 
Um, it's still important to celebrate um, black history, um, partly because um, what we assume is that people know um, these things. We assume that people understand um, who uh, some of these um, outstanding African Americans are. Um, it's we assume that people understand um, the contributions that African Americans have made to America, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, in many instances, you know, just as it was when um, Black History, Negro History Week, and then Black History Month were founded, um, African Americans are, are the contributions that African Americans have made to American history uh, are, are omitted and overlooked. And so um, as we continue to um, look at and, and struggle with um, the American story and the narrative that we um, come in contact with um, nationally, we, we, have, we must continue to um, educate uh, Americans on the contributions of African Americans. Tell me this, what is the history of Black History Month? How did we come to the month of February? Well, Black History Month was actually um, started by um, Carter Woodson. Um, Dr. Carter Godwin Woodson was um, uh, the second um, African American to receive a PhD from Harvard um, University in history. Um, he was actually he, he was actually following um, another vulnerable historian, um, W. E. B. Du Bois, um, in that quest. Du Bois was the first um, African American to receive a PhD in history from Harvard. But these, um, it, what he realized quickly as he um, completed his doctorate and started um, getting out there um, to be interested in um, African American history was that um, there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, and, you know, he was confronted um, with a, a couple of his uh, historian colleagues pretty much saying to him, you know, the Negro has no history. The Negro has made uh, no uh, contributions to America. And so he started his quest really uh, as a way of documenting um, and, and kind of responding to that charge that, that the Negro has no history and the Negro has made no contributions to America. And so in 1915, um, he found the, in, in Chicago, he and some friends of his um, found um, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And the purpose of the organization is really uh, to look at the contributions that um, Negroes have made to America. So he starts this nonprofit with that, um, with that goal of, of showing those contributions. And initially, you know, his audience, he, he's looking at um, having professional historians as, as his audience and his, his um and the organization's aim to, you know, highlight the, the works of, you know, professional historians who are publishing things on the Negro. And so the next year, um, he founds his own journal, um, the Journal of Negro History, um, which would serve as a venue for publications. Because what, what he was finding was that he and, and Du Bois and other folks were not, you know, really getting um, uh, um, any any kind of reception from the uh, professional history journals at the time, mm. and so so he he really starts out 
um, trying to, you know, kind of prove that African Americans, as a professional historian, that African Americans do have a history in trying to document that. But it eventually changes. The goal of that changes when, you know, people start um, hearing about his work and they become interested in the work of the association. So um, in 1924, his fraternity, um, Omega Psi Phi fraternity, um, does this, this, this Negro Achievement Week in February. And they, of course, you know, February was um, in, in post-Reconstruction um, Black America. February is an important month because it was the month of um, the birthdays of both Frederick Douglass, who is revered in, you know, Black America, and of Abraham Lincoln, right? And so they chose the week um, of Lincoln and Douglas's birthday, so the 12th, the week of, usually the week of the 12th and the 14th as Negro Achievement Week. Um, his fraternity did, part, partly to honor him, you know, partly to honor him. And he actually, uh, you know, accepted that and said, hmm, this is a wonderful idea, um, and maybe, maybe we need to spread this, um, you know, uh, more widely. And so in 1926, Negro History Week becomes an official program of the association. Um, and um, um, Woodson goes out and he starts to um, um, educate others because now once what he realizes that is that you know there's at that time there is an educated um, um, community of, of African Americans who, okay. who were uh, formally educated. However, the masses of African Americans were not, but he wanted um, an organization that would reach both groups. Right, and so he realized he needed to expand the scope of what he was doing. And so, Negro History Week, the purpose, the aim of it was really about expanding the scope and uh, educating two audiences. The, the the initial audience was um, African Americans, of course, about their own history and, and encouraging pride and um, and um, actually in, inspiration. Uh, for for those African Americans, um, you know, who would hear about their own stories and the, their own people who were um, doing great things. But the second audience, and this is this is important, the second audience actually uh, was white America. Okay. Um, and what he hoped, and, and this was his his goal, you know, as a progressive. Um, someone who, who lived in the progressive period and um, someone who saw the need for um, an educated scientific approach to problems. Woodson um, actually thought that if he and the association could, um, you know, mount this attack on the lies about African Americans, uh, lies about African Americans, as criminal, as um, okay. as rapist, as um, all of these negative things, as lazy African Americans, as um, paupers and wars of the state, right? If yes. they could launch this attack and they could show white Americans this this um, this picture of um, African Americans using facts, right? Using yes. the facts of history. That's what what the terms he used that he could educate out racial prejudice. Wow. 
he, he assumed that by, you know, by the 20th, you know, 20th century that, you know, race prejudice would go away, that eventually, you know, they would educate enough folks that race prejudice would go away. You know, Dr. White, I want to bring up two interesting elements of what you explained. One, this movement for him and those who supported it um, was not initially just for, if you will, educated African Americans in the country, because we know there have been other schools of thoughts, one by his uh, fellow colleague, W.E. Du Bois, who uh, mostly focused on the elite, if you will, the top um, Mm -hmm. tier, the most educated ones. Now, he wanted educated African Americans and the ones who had not had the opportunity to be educated to know the history. And then it also was inclusive of other races, the white, the Caucasian race of the country Mm -hmm. at that time. And I think that's interesting because when you compare Mm -hmm. that to what we later know, obviously, about uh, Marcus Garvey, that, you know, it was was a movement Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's within your own race. You look at how progressive he was, a visionary, if you will, even before his time. Would you agree? I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Um, Woodson re- quickly realized that this black history movement was, was going to be popular and, it, and that if he was going to change the minds of black people about themselves, that he had to appeal to everybody. And so he started, he started um, going out to churches and schools and whatever. He even created um, a textbook. This was the other thing. The only thing we hear wow. about his writings. Now, Woodson wrote about 20-something-odd books. Okay, so that's that's something that we also don't really hear about. Yes. We, we always hear about the miseducation of the Negro, and I think that's one of the okay. few books that is still in print. But what's in more about 20-something odd books and, um, yeah, and, and really broke some really good ground um, in African-American history, stuff that, you know, historians like us are still building on, uh, you know, works that we, some of us are still building on. No joke. Um, But the other thing that Woodson did was he created a textbook called The Negro in Our History. And I was blown away. When I started doing, I I did some some research on on Woodson, you know, as a part of my dissertation. And um, um, looking at, you know, the effect that he had on on, um, um, people's ideas about black history and and so forth and so on, uh, specifically um, club women. And um, the club women, you know, they ate up everything that Woodson, you know, wrote because they wanted to use that use those things in their clubs. They wanted in their local clubs around the country. You know, they wanted to be able to use um, this information to promote, you know, um, the, the the history of African Americans locally. And so, in their clubs, the churches, the schools, and this book was a central part of, of what they were using because now quite a few of those club women were educators, right? Most of them were yes. educators. And so um, this textbook was a supplement to um, those other textbooks, especially in the South where um, African-Americans were depicted, you know, in a very negative sense, and, and, and which, is all, uh, which was all a part of the um, um, pro-Southern um, 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 kind of uh, slavery, well, pro-slavery and post-Reconstruction um, uh, apologist movement, you know, really talking about lost cause, basically. Um, that African Americans, you know, were happy in slavery and so forth and so on. And so, you know, we we still need um, uh, to be, you know, um, um, 
over them, so to speak, yes. you know, so that we can keep them in control and so forth and so on. And so Woodson and those women and those men in these local communities were pushing back against those ideas um, through these local clubs. And he understood that he had to go to the churches. He had to go to the clubs. He had to go to uh, the, the um, Masonic halls. He had to work with these um, colleges and universities. You know, um, um, you know he actually, um, Margaret, there's, uh, I found in the research, as I was doing my research on um, club women like Margaret Murray Washington, who was Booker T. Yes. Washington's wife and Lady Principal at Tuskegee, that she, you know, made it a point to have him come to Tuskegee to um, lecture to her students and to teach them about their own history. Um, of course, he ends up, eventually ends up at, at um, Howard University okay. and um, ends up, you know, pretty much founding um, the Graduate Study of History at Howard, Amazing. you know, which is still a very powerful uh, history department to this day. Wow, and I think when I, I will say this, that Woodson obviously understood the power of grassroots efforts, right, Dr. Yes. White? Even before Absolutely. that word came a buzzword. Absolutely. We are putting the spotlight on African-American history tonight on Let's Talk America Radio. We have on with us the one and only Dr. Tara White. She has a Ph.D. in public history from Middle Tennessee State University, a master's degree from Cooperstown Graduate Program, Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. She is well-established, well-written, highly Regarded in the field of history, and she is breaking down some very uh, interesting factual information for us tonight. Now, I have to ask you this, Dr. White. Uh, there mm -hmm. are so many key dates out there when it comes to history, and specifically African-American history, but are there a few key dates that you would like to share with us right now? Because we have listeners on from all generations tuned in right now. Are there some key dates you think it's important for us to keep in our mind over and over again or to tell our young ones coming up? Wow, that's <laughs> that is huge. Now, um I I I kinda tell my students I don't you know, I'm not uh I don't focus on dates and, and facts. But um yeah. there there are some. I mean, of course you um if you look at uh it depends on what you where you where you look where you're coming from and what you look at. I mean, you know, of course, um, um, key dates include, you know, the um, few years ago we celebrated the 100th, 150th anniversary of the um, Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. Amazing that that basically escalated the the Black Freedom Movement because it really wasn't about. Um, truly freeing slaves, but it did um, um, add black freedom to the aim of the Civil War. Um, and then, of course, the um, the um, 150th anniversary of the 13th Amendment, 1865, which um, um, ended slavery, um, 1868, um, the 14th Amendment, which is kind of under fire now, next next year will be the 150th of um, of that amendment, and um, um, the uh, 1870 date um, where the 15th Amendment, um, which we fought over, um, was 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 ratified. Um, of course, you know I'm from Alabama, so you know of course I can rattle off. And I'm biased, so I can rattle off all the um, all of the Alabama dates, you know, uh, yes. places where Alabama um, 
come come in contact with the national narrative. Um, and so, you know, of course, the bus boycott, you know, 
um, Southerners in the Southern system. It was really a strike against them, and it was a brilliant war move. It was because what happened was, you know, um, uh, think about it this way. You can't free slaves in somebody else's country. And, and the Confederacy was pretty much, you know, another country. Although Lincoln never recognized, formally recognized the Confederacy as, as another country, uh, he, he always referred to them as rebels, as traitors, as, you know, so forth and so on, um, um, the rebellion, you know. But um, he, you know, was really, really trying to escalate, you know, kind of undo their world. And so by making... Uh, freedom and aim. You know what he did was he 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 just kind of sped up um, that whole day. You know, just just kind of sped that up because what African Americans started doing was they started leaving these plantations and like you know um, going to the Union lines. They understood because they understood okay. that when they got to the Union lines they were free. And so what he did was kind of uh, and, and 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 this is important. When you consider that, you know, we have this myth that so many black people fought for the Confederacy. Well, you know, if they were, they, if they were alongside the people who owned them, of course they were fighting, but it wasn't necessarily of their own volition. And so you have folks who, um, of course, you know, somebody tells you if you um, get to the Union line that you're in essence free. People are going like hell to the Union line okay. because – and so you, you ended up um, uh, very quickly, they, they ended up very quickly with quite a few um, contraband camps because, you know, people were still property, African-Americans were still property. And so, you know, this is contraband. And there were a bunch of contraband camps because as soon as the union came through, yeah. the, the enslaved people ran like hell towards the union line. Okay. So Lincoln didn't really... That really wasn't his aim. His his aim, you know, was really about kind of undoing um, the society, you know, Southern society during wartime and and and, and throwing it into chaos. And, and in some ways, he did. Wow. And so it's mm-hmm. a very complex history with him yes. on the stamp of uh, rights and freedom of African Americans yes. and and civil yes. rights. I, I, I'm hesitant, I guess, to even use those words because really at that time, would you be fair to say it was about freedom uh, for African Americans in the sense? And like you saying, from your professional perspective, and I'm sure there are a few historians or some that may disagree with you, but you're saying it really wasn't about African Americans and their rights per se, but about unifying this nation. It was about unifying this nation. It was about preserving the union. It was about bringing um, the union back together. You know, it was about, um, you know, trying to preserve the founders' vision. That, that, that was what it was for Lincoln. It's really about trying to preserve the founders' vision of, um, of, of this nation. You know, and, and imagine now, um, this was a whole, not even 100 years, this was not even a hundred years after the nation was founded. Can you imagine that? And so you have some folks who who understand or understood how profound um, that was. The, you know the the profundity of of, of uh, America as a as a nation in the first place. And um, like I said, the vision of the founders. And here we are, not even a hundred years later, and this thing is kind of falling apart. You know, and, you know, I would, I would think, and again, this is my interpretation, I would think that Lincoln saw himself as a steward 
of, you know, okay. what the founders had, had created. And he was like, by golly, you know, this is not going to fall apart on my watch. Um, and I need to do whatever I can do to preserve that vision. And um, if, if black freedom, you know, does that and helps to do that, if having black soldiers, because, um, you know, once he made freedom an aim and, and a part of that, you know, Frederick Douglass, you know, was, was constantly in his ear about that whole deal. And Douglass was like, look, you know, you have people who think they're fighting for these folks, you know, for us. We can fight for ourselves. We don't need someone else to fight for us. Okay. Let us, let black soldiers go out, and I'm paraphrasing, okay. let black soldiers go out and fight for themselves, and they'll show you that they have as much courage, they have as much valor, they have as much honor as any soldier that you can put on the battlefield. Wow, and we have seen that at years forward into the Red Tails and others as well uh, when it yes. came to African American and military That's history. And we're right. going to have to cover that at a later point. Before you That's leave right. us, there's someone listening in right now, and I'm sure they're thinking fascinating information, factual information, Dr. White. Thank you for your perspective. And they're saying, now, when it comes to African American history, and you so eloquently pointed this out, Dr. White, um, that it's too many dates really to focus on, right? We can talk yes. about, um, and when we talk about African American story, even black history in this country, we know the history of uh, blacks and African Americans does start even before being enslaved in this country. We know that because, as as we know, individuals um, that are black are from Africa. I want to talk to you right now, a real question as a historian. We -hmm. know that the nature of the history of blacks Mm -hmm. and how we came to this country uh, is very complex. Uh, very mm-hmm. disheartening, very uh, hurting in so many ways. It's, a, it's a, a brutal history, especially when you think of the transportation, the enslavement of people. It breaks mm-hmm. my heart now. Mm-hmm. But some of this history was not accurately documented, as mm-hmm. has been pointed out by other historians. I don't know if you agree, because uh, one who was doing the documentation would have been the first um, point of it. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. there's some who said there's been some oral history done. But as a historian and accuracy, and especially, and, and I'm really talking about now, prior to coming to the country as slaves. Mm-hmm. How do you ensure, as a historian in your profession, that it's accurate in terms of looking at the logs or trusting that um, those who put them on ships were keeping it factual as much as possible? But I, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and say I can imagine that a lot of those who were running the ships were not very educated themselves. I think that would be fair to say, Dr. White, right? Yes, but they had a, they had a real incentive or let, let, let's go back to some of that. One of the one of the things that you hear, um, and I find myself um, as I'm teaching history, you know, I also as a as a historian deal with um, memory and okay. history and memory. And so one of the things I um, have to attack is this myth of you know um, Africans. You know, we sold our own people, you know, into slavery. Okay. These people sold their own people into slavery. Um, and I have to remind them um, of, uh, remind my students, um, how do you, and, and this is my example, how do you tell um, Spanish and, the, oh, no, 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 that's not the example I use. How do you tell the French and the English apart? Okay. And that's- they say, mm, I don't know. I said, can you look at the French and English and tell them apart? And they said, no. I said, the French, and, French hated the English and vice versa. Right, um, and so, um, and, and and if one could have probably enslaved the other, they might have. 
And okay. so when we think about um, the internal um, environment and, 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 and internal to these countries along the West African coast, um, what was happening? You were ha- having a lot of uh, political and uh, political turmoil in these countries. Yeah. Um, some of it was externally motivated, and, and okay. some of it was internal. And so, in these wars, then um, once people, you know, conquered another um, group of folks in this country, you know, um, of course they took those people as slaves. Their ideas about slavery uh, were very different from our concept of, you know, well, I say our as in American, Americans, uh, the American slave um, uh, institution of slavery. Their institution in these West African countries of slavery is very different from the American institution of slavery. And so, um, number one, you know, these are, you know, different people groups, (laughs) different nations, who are fighting each other and pushing their um, folks into, you know, into the slave trade. Um, That's initially, and and they saw this as an economic relationship, you know, um, um, and and they had, you know, peer-to-peer relationships with these Europeans that they were coming in contact with and and so so forth and so on. They had to prove what was happening on the other side. Number two, then, um, when we look at um, the ships, and things that are going over. Okay. Um, most of the time, yeah, those those manifests are are um, as close to accurate. Uh, well, let me say this: there there is a reason that, um, or oh, they have economic incentive for okay. making sure that they're as accurate as possible. Because now, one of the things we don't realize is that you know, ships had insurance. One of the earliest, okay. um, interesting. One of the earliest businesses. Um, in the country was the insurance business, and it did what insurance does. You okay. know, it sh- insures people against casualty and loss. And so this was a commodity coming over. It's just like if we ship something today through U.S. Mail or FedEx or whatever, we put insurance on it yes. so that if it's lost, we can get, get you know, recoup some of our loss. Okay. So they had an incentive to do that. And if you go to the records, that's, that's, you know, as people are uncovering new, new documentation or, or different kinds of yes. documentation of, of, from the slavery era, um, they realize that insurance records are very valuable in that sense because these are, you know, they, they want to make sure that they get the cargo right and they want to make sure that they cover everything that's on there, Right and that the people who are, you know, paying, paying for this cargo, you know, has, are, are completely insured against loss. And so, so this, is, this is, yeah. So, and, and that goes into your saying there's certainly an incentive for accuracy. Yeah. Continuing on the theme of accuracy before we close mm-hmm. out, such a great mm-hmm. conversation with your exclusive interview again with the one and only Dr. White, Professor White. She's offering some great uh, perspectives on uh, black history, African-American history in 2017, the significance of continuing along to be knowledgeable on the history and heritage of it. Accuracy 
2017, there's a lot of information out there on websites, as you know. Uh, as a historian, as you, as you teach scholars, our, our younger individuals, and some, I'm sure, maybe um, your age and peers, but you're teaching them about the history of the world, how important is it in this day and time to make sure we're getting accurate information or that we're going to reliable sources? I know as a, a journalist, I cannot emphasize it enough, but as a historian, that has to be very important to you as well, right, Dr. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that I teach, and I, um, you know, in making the case for why history is important, I think um, one of the reasons history is important is because it helps students to um, to deal with truth claims and the whole notion of veracity and and um, accuracy. Um, when we look at um, primary sources, those are sources that are created during the time that we're studying, um, we want to make sure that those sources are accurate. And so, of course, you know, historians, uh, as historians, you know, we, we're going to weigh the evidence. We're always going to weigh the evidence, to question the evidence, um, to make sure that um, it is accurate, you know, the, the, to ensure the veracity of what is presented there. And um, that is, uh, as we're looking at uh, newspaper and, you know, journalist accounts of, um, of, of events in, you know, 2016, 2017, um, that's one of the things that um, it's, it's a little bit kind of um, alarming because, you know, this whole idea of fake news and, and, um, fake and, and, and false information and alternative facts, you know, um, the, uh, you know, you wonder as a historian, as a person who deals with the evidence, how, you know, what, how will that impact, what impact will that have on the evidence that historians who are looking at 2017, 50, 100 years later, Great if we hear God, uh, you know, what, what, what impact those things will have on, on the evidence. And so, um, you know, what we have to do, um, we really have to uh, be mindful as we're, you know, teaching our, our, our college students uh, that they uh, understand uh, the difference, differences between facts and opinions, right, uh, facts and alternative facts. And they also understand that, you know, you really do have to source this material. You really have to question the author. You have to question the motives of um, the creator of this evidence and weight its veracity. You know, uh, and those are uh, going to be even more important. And I think we have a stake in this. You know, as historians, we have a stake in this. Um, as uh, our, you know, because we we're training generations of folks to be able to yes. weigh. To, to look at information and weigh evidence and uh, to think critically about those that information right and so um, it's important for us to, um, to 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 get in you know to, to not be passive about this and and uh, be very aggressive about this because again later on 
you know, as historians are going back and sifting through this information, you know, that, that is going to, you know, will, will have an effect on um, what historians see in 50 years. Great information. Before you yeah. leave us, uh, you have covered so much. But for someone sitting there saying, I want my niece and nephew to know uh, as much about history as possible, and not just African-American history, because um, I personally believe it's important to understand and to celebrate and salute the celebration of heritage of all um, races. I certainly think mm-hmm. African-American and black history history matters um, without question, where can they go? There, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's obvious, but maybe museums, libraries, for them to know more about black history? Yes. Um, I think, you know, of course, I, I was trained as a curator, and um, my introduction to history, in fact, I, you know, entered, entered the profession, um, I, I like to say, through the back door. Um, to know, okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I say that um, because I was I was a science my undergraduate degree is actually in science. Oh, wow. um, yeah, my BS is in biology. I was a chemistry and Spanish minor, and um, I um, fell in love with history. I, I loved history um, before, but I really and 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 that was a you know believe it or not. Um, it was through my sorority that I really um, engaged with black women's history. That's, you know, I'd like to blame the sorority for um, my love of black women's history. Um, but um, seriously, no joke. But I um, professionally started engaging with history, um, it, it, working for a museum as an intern for a museum. And I realized that this was, an, you know, another career path for me. Um, I had a passion for it and um, something that, that something else that I could do. Um, historic sites, historic places. Um, so museums are wonderful places for just regular folks to engage history. Okay and to learn, um, but historic sites are even better. I, and, and yeah, my museum um, colleagues are probably, you know, um, flipping out now, but um, <laughs> I, I like historic sites better because I, I've done, I've worked in both, and, um, and, and in fact, you know, my, my um, dissertation looks at preservation of, of historic places. Um, but I like historic sites better because, you know, history happened here. And it's one thing to go and have someone interpret, you know, the history okay. of something or some place. You know, it's another thing to be there. You know, and 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 for as someone who ha- who lives in a historic city and who yeah. works in another historic city, Absolutely. right? Being on the ground in Montgomery, I. I, I I'm constantly pulling people um, to Al- to Montgomery and to Alabama uh, to tour Montgomery. Um, but as a person who you know is, uh, loves to have people on the ground where history happened, th- there's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more powerful than being in front of the church or being at the uh, the house where um, Martin Luther King and his family lived during the bus boycott. There's nothing more powerful than being in front of the bus station where John Lewis and and Jim's word um, um, were were attacked, 
during the Freedom Rides. There's nothing more powerful than being in Selma, you know, and, and like I said, where I work, uh, on that bridge. And, 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 and I get, I, I feel a certain way every time I go over that bridge. There's nothing more powerful than being on the Edmund Tennis Bridge. There's nothing more powerful than walking those, you know, I, 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 I ride the Selma to Montgomery National Historic uh, Trail every single day. There's nothing more powerful than that. And so history lived, being in the place where history happened um, is is powerful. And um, I would encourage people to go to those places um, to actually engage with those sites um, in Alabama in particular, um, the National Park Service. Um, it is doing a wonderful job. They, they, um, we have the Selma to Montgomery Trail. Of course, we have um, the Tuskegee Airmen site in Tuskegee, the Tuskegee yes. National Historic Site, where you have um, Tuskegee University and um, George Washington Carver's um, um, lab there and Booker T. Washington Home. Um, but you also have um, these places starting in Selma, Alabama, where the march you know, started in um, then um, Lowndes County, the Lowndes Interpretive Center um, in Lowndes County. It tells the story of, you know, Tent City and those people and, you know, the, the roots of black power because, of course, you know, we know that we now know that the um, the, the Black Panther was the symbol of the Lowndes County Freedom Organization, and that was, you know, that, that symbol was, was later used by the, you know, co-opted by the Black Panther or, or chosen really, by the Black Panther Party um, later on. Um, and then, of course, um, in Montgomery, the, the terminus of the um, Selma to Montgomery um, National Historic Trail, um, there's another interpretive center being built right now on the campus of the historic um, Alabama State University. Um, and so, um, you know, there are, those are wonderful places to not only be where history happened, to, to stand in the spot where history happened, but also to learn uh, why this history is important. So I would encourage people to go to historic places as well. I love that. And celebrate black history and also other heritages and history yes. throughout the entire year. Education is important. History does matter. Thank you for being on the show. It's one of my favorite topics in the whole wide world. And it's an honor Thank as a journalist you. to have you on, Professor White. Thank you for joining us here on Let's Talk Thank America you. Radio. Bold Favorite Magazine is the leadership lifestyle magazine highlighting bold people, organizations, and causes that inspire us to live fearlessly. Feature your business to our email list of 250,000 people all over the globe and on our engaged social media platforms. Bold Favor prides itself on pairing your business with empowering articles and profiles to ensure you are seen and appreciated by people who want to support you. And bonus, advertise with us to feature your product on television programs produced by our parent company at no additional cost. Visit BoldFavorMagazine.com or call 866 866- 611-3753 to get started today. The future favors the bold. Be fearless. Welcome back, listeners, to your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Well, you know, here on the program, we put the spotlight on those issues and topics that concern you and what matters more than your health. Hey, as many of you know, the American Association of Nurse Practitioners is the largest 
professional membership organization for nurse practitioners of all specialties and areas. Now, right now, tonight, I am on the line with the one and only Captain James Dickens. He's an experienced registered nurse and board-certified family nurse practitioner with over 25 years of combined federal health care experience. Captain Dickens' clinical experience includes orthopedics, emergency department, operating room, long-term care, and the primary care setting. He is a fellow and a member of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Captain Dickens, welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Well, thank you, Shana. What an honor, sir, to be on. Now, we know February is important for many, many reasons. Of course, here on the program, we celebrate and salute uh, diverse heritage. And Black History Month is very important. Uh, with that being uh, on the table, Black History Month, talking about the celebration of different uh, racial groups, what are some significant health concerns you believe specific for African Americans? Well, as African Americans, and certainly in, the, in what we call the Stroke Belt or the Bible Belt of the South, there are a number of significant health-related uh, issues or chronic health diseases that we should be acutely aware of. One that comes to mind off the top of our heads is hypertension, and African Americans are, are, are among the highest in the world and certainly in the United States uh, uh, for having hypertension, and that number is only increasing over time. And hypertension or abnormally high blood pressure, if left untreated, can uh, lead to high, risk, uh, high rates of heart disease, and additional problems, uh, one that we're acutely aware of is the stroke. Yes. Now, I have heard, not sure if this is true or just an urban myth, that African Americans can be more salt-sensitive, and that may have an impact on hypertension. Is that true? So, so absolutely. One of the things that you, when we start talking about heart disease and uh, strokes, uh, particularly in the African-American community, one of the things you want to look at uh, to control some of those issues are low sodium or low salt intake, okay. um, decreased alcohol use, uh, decreased stress, uh, increase okay. in exercise, and, and maintaining, maintaining a, an optimal weight over, you know, over, over a lifetime. Very important. You know, uh, Captain Dickens, we continue to hear the O word, obesity. It keeps coming up, not just for heart disease, as we know you just made that link, but also certain forms of cancer have been linked to obesity. Not saying directly that if you have different forms of cancer, it came from obesity, but we know there may be a link perhaps with breast cancer and being overweight or even being obese. Tell us this. African Americans, we know, uh, tend to be or tend to battle obesity more than other uh, races here in the United States. Why do you think that is, and what can we do to combat the issue of weight? Well, you know, obviously some of it may, uh, you know, in the scientific community, we're thinking some is, is related to genetics. But in addition okay. to that, we think um, that the diet, obviously, uh, the southern uh, southern diet for African Americans certainly has uh, has is typically a high fat diet, and yeah. and um, that has been linked to uh, some some uh, some forms of cancer, and certainly those are some areas that you want to look at. And when we talked about you know have, having a healthy diet, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, is being proposed in the scientific community now is the Mediterranean diet. That's a lot of. Okay. Uh, 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 nuts, uh, fresh fruits, vegetables, things of that nature, almost a, a vegetarian-type diet. Now, certainly I'm not, uh, not, not proposing that you go cold turkey. Um, I certainly <laughs> would encourage you to talk to your local nurse practitioner, and you certainly yes. can find a, a local nurse practitioner at mpfinder.com uh, for all your health-related questions in your local area. 
Let's go back to heart disease. I know you talked about some of the components of it being hypertension. I also believe that diabetes sure. uh, is linked to it as well. Many people here, you know, they say, oh, high blood pressure, diabetes, they hear these things. But right now, as a nurse practitioner, obviously you have seen a lot. Um, you've worked in different arenas. What exactly does heart disease do to the body? And I, and, and I say this, this is a family program, but I want you to be as sincere and upfront as possible to paint a very clear picture of really how serious it can be, because I think individuals of any race group, any age, sometimes we hear heart disease and we say, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. We hear the C word of cancer, and many of us, we get struck with fear. But heart disease, I've noticed sometimes people of every group out there tend to not take it as serious because they're saying, after all, seems like one of three of my friends are diabetic. What's the big deal? Paint the picture of what heart disease can do to the body. Well, you know, again, we talked about that uncontrolled hypertension. You know, it's called the silent killer, and uh, one in four uh, deaths are caused, um, uh, and, and African Americans are caused by hypertension, uh, secondary to, uh, I mean, a stroke secondary to hypertension. Okay. And one of the things that you certainly want to guide yourself to is the acronym FAST, F-A-S-T. And this, yeah. is, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's anything major, but FAST is facial drooping, arm weakness. Okay. Uh, speech difficulty, and time for EMS, time to activate the EMS system. And so that hypertension, what, I mean, the heart disease, what you have is other organ damage that occurs over time um, to these systems, to your kidneys, uh, to your cardiovascular system. And, um, and so you just want to uh, be, you know, acutely aware of the blood vessel uh, damages to your coronary arteries. Uh, it could cause uh, a heart uh, dysrhythmias and uh, just a number of things that, that, that it can cause over time with you. And, and when you pay the picture of stroke, and thank you so much for pointing out some of those uh, tips to recognize a stroke, and I, I don't want to be uh, brutal when I say this, but stroke can often lead to death, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, the, 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 the problem for African Americans uh, it's it's even higher than it is for the the average American citizen. Oh wow! And so we want to be acutely aware that we're uh, we're it's about one in in every four deaths, uh, to be exact, uh, from mm. hypertension or from stroke. Wow. I'm sorry. You know, and I know again I brought up the C word of cancer, which seems to uh, you know the stroke fear into people as it should. Cancer to be taken very serious, and we know that many of us know individuals who've lost the battle with it. But I recently read a report that it really hit home. Heart disease continues to be the number one killer here in the U.S., though, right? That's correct. That's correct, and, and secondary to all the reasons that I, I talked about, the heart disease, the uh, kidney disease. So you look at the dialysis, um, um, secondary to uh, the issues that, that, that occur, and so you end up in end-stage renal disease where you're having to have dialysis or, and or an um, organ transplantation okay. uh, done. You know, uh, you brought up some ways that we can uh, fight and combat heart disease. Uh, you were saying uh, trying to eat right, of course, I know, and we can talk about exercise as well, having a, a lifestyle that allows you to be moving around as much as possible. How critical is this, not just to take heed right now for the 33-year-old who's listening to you and he's the father of two, but for him to share that information with his children, right, for us to pass on good eating habits for our kids because many individuals who battle with obesity or who may 
they battle with bad eating, which is a separate entity from obesity uh, sometimes, they say, well, you know what, I like the salt on my food, um, you know, Captain Dickens. I mean, my mom, she put a lot of salt on it, and at our table, they're always with the salt shaker, and maybe perhaps they saw someone put the salt on the food before they even tasted it. What do you have to say for those individuals? Well, I, I would I would ask those individuals to look for alternatives. And, and when we talked about the 33-year-old uh, father or mother uh, with children, modeling is the best uh, best thing yeah. that you can do. And so, uh, and, and and having them assist in preparing the meals, we know that these are all mechanisms wow. to uh, help individuals adopt healthy lifestyles over time. And so, if, if they're if they're involved in the process and using colorful um, colorful ingredients, uh, such mm. as, uh, and one of the things that come to mind for me are like the bell peppers. You can get those in green, yeah. red, yellow, um, okay. or, or, or the orange colors. So, so uh, uh, making it inviting, making them a part of the process, and if they don't like yeah. something, move on to something else. Okay. And so, and, and just kind of doing away with the old, uh, the, the old wives' tales uh, of uh, how we've prepared meals in the past. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't have those those meals. Um, um, th- th- those cultural meals that we're accustomed to, but certainly you can be, they can be prepared in a healthier lifestyle. I mean, uh, uh, be a part of a healthier life- lifestyle and be prepared a little bit better. And, you know, for our educators that are listening in right now, the teachers, I know they would say when your kids help you prepare the meals, it's a great opportunity for learning and counseling and perhaps working with fractions as well when you're slicing bell peppers or even onions. I love that concept, all about learning. Before you leave us, you have to touch on a lifestyle of staying fit. I think that is something uh, maybe in our country we don't emphasize enough. We talk about eating, and we see all of the commercials and the brands that are saying, get on this diet plan, order the food, but let's talk about staying busy and fit. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I'll give you an example. One of the things that I uh, incorporated into my own lifestyle, so I can't run anymore, can't okay. really do any jogging. So I've, I've adopted the lifestyle of riding bikes. And so wow. um, a year ago, I uh, rode across the state of Iowa with uh, wow, about 40,000 other people. Um, they have what they call the rag ride across Iowa. And I had an opportunity to meet a bunch of beautiful people uh, from okay. all over the world. And, um, and and now I do local uh, rides in my community, in and around oh, my nice. community. And so uh, there, there's there's a number of things you can do, uh, your local parks and recreation. Um, there are walking trails. Um, this year is the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service. And so um, um, I just recently went to Mirror Woods and had an opportunity. To, I was out for a conference in San Diego, I mean, excuse okay. me, San Francisco, and had an opportunity to walk through Mirror Woods and had an opportunity wow. to see the Redwoods up close and personal. And so those, those simple activities, particularly with children, and I'm an empty nester, but having those activities with children and getting yeah. them out in nature. And, 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 again, you may have to try four or five different activities. Okay. Um, right now, uh, you know, soccer is one of the uh, yeah. best sports to get kids involved with because they can start at you know at the at a very young age Absolutely. and so uh, there, there are a number of things and you can just have to keep trying uh trying activities to get it going and i love that you mentioned parks because often people will say well i don't have the budget to get an expensive gym membership but there are often parks and throughout communities that are free right and like you said a great way for uh, every member of the family Absolutely. And and you also have to consider social determinants of health. Where you okay. eat, live, sleep, and play affects your health. 
So if you yeah. live near a, refiner, a refinery, say along Baton Rouge in Louisiana, uh, okay. then you know that it, it could potentially affect, affect your child with asthma. But then there are opportunities to go to parks and other areas uh, that you certainly can uh, can experience an outdoor atmosphere and have clean air uh, to boot. But we know that there are social determinants of health um, uh, that, that that affect your health care. Again, where you eat, live, sleep, and play affects your health. But um, we also have th- their workarounds, and I certainly would encourage walking inside the mall. You know, we, that's yeah. not just for your seniors anymore. You know, we, yeah. we have with, uh, younger peer groups are walking inside of the malls um, to yeah. stay healthy during the winter months or adverse weather. You know, I love something that you touched on. You said you're no, no longer able to run or jog, but you found that biking worked. And I know we have a lot of individuals on here on our program that listen. There are baby boomers who say, well, they can't run, they can't do this. But I love that you're showing them that that's not a reason necessarily to say, I can't do anything else. Find something perhaps that's not putting as much pressure on the knees or hips, right? That's correct. And and, and we know that as we age, we need uh, we need uh, uh, you know, I remember the days of a person being admitted to the hospital. Well, now you can go in the hospital and be, uh, you know, have a total knee replacement or a total hip replacement and be out yeah. in a day or two because yeah. we know that the convalescing piece is not healthy. Bones require activity. Muscles require activity. So they're getting you up the same day in most cases, unless there's some kind of uh, adverse outcomes or whatever, uh, or something that would prevent you from getting up. PT, physical therapy, and others are getting you up in the same day and getting you moving because we know, you know, moving is the best thing for the body. Uh, sitting stagnant is not good, whether you're at a desk or you're, you're in the studio like yourself or at, yeah. at a desk like myself. Wow. And, you know, you bring up good points. Let's find ways, and we have demonstrated that here on the show, that even if you're sitting in a cubicle, you can still do some activities that's low impact but keeps you moving. Before you leave us, it is February. It is Black History Month. Um, Who would you like to honor this month for their achievements in healthcare? Well, as a nurse, a male nurse, nurse practitioner, obviously, uh, you know, one of the persons that come to mind for me is, uh, you know, uh, Mary uh, Mahoney who was the first African-American nurse, uh, recognized nurse in the U.S. Wow. And what, what a, a great contribution added. And, and also for even this many years later for us to continue to look up to. And, of course, there are many uh, individuals who have done very well in the medical field. Dr. Charles Drew, we, many of us recognize his name. And also I will add to that Captain James Dickens. It's such an honor to have you here on the program. Before you leave us again, where can our national and international listeners go to for more information about all of the health tips you provided? Sure. You can go to American Association of Nurse Practitioners dot org, A A N P dot org, and to find your local nurse practitioner in your local community, local yeah. area, on that site you can uh, go to npfinder.com. dot com. Uh, that's nursepractitionerfinder dot com, npfinder dot com. And so, certainly, I would encourage your listeners and and uh, uh, fellow colleagues uh, to get involved, get active, and engage patients, and uh, make them a part of. Uh, uh, the process, the, the the exercise process, the the eating process, the whole the whole process. Get those folks involved and get them out and moving. It's so important so we can live on this earth as long as possible. Thanks for joining us here on Let's Talk America Radio, Captain Dickens. Thank you, ma'am. I'm LaAngela from the Atlanta metro area, and I listen to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Right now, this is
Welcome back, everyone. What a broadcast tonight. Very informative. A special thanks to both Dr. White and also Captain Dickens for all of the great information. February is Black History Month. Certainly celebrate and salute the heritage of African Americans this month and throughout the entire year, as well as celebrating, honoring the legacy of other heritages as well. Here on the program, we present news, talk, and music. And tonight, we will close out on the amazing music of the one and only vocalist, Davina. Williams. She is a gospel vocalist based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I adore her music. I know many of you do as well. We've gotten the feedback when we air her music and many of the other artists. You enjoy it. Well, we're going to close out. The name of the song is Abide. Abide by the one and only vocalist Davina Williams. We shall chat next week and mark your calendar next week. We have another Instagram contest. We're going to give more great giveaways and P.S. You're going to love this one. See you soon. Stay informed. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton Radio Show. We offer news, talk, and music. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is an entity of Pageant and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2017. For more information, please visit the website at www.ltaradio.com. You're the reason why I'm still alive, that's why I have to abide. I'm free to worship you every day. I'm free to celebrate your holy name if I abide in you. I'm free. I feel I'm so far from you, Lord. But still I hear you calling me. Even when I'm wrong. You protect me with your loving arms I can hear your voice when I call Lord, you're everywhere, even when I fall Your wings of love catch me through it all No other help I know No other love Everything.